I open my mind, I open my heart, and I claim this present moment as I acknowledge that source, the source of all things, the seen and the unseen. I recognize the, the nature of this source is creation, it is life, it is the becoming, it is the expression, it is eternal and all-powerful, it is everywhere, all of it is everywhere at once. and it is giving and supporting to everything that is created. And because there is only this one, and this is the truth of its nature that I know that this is the truth of my nature, it must be, for it is all there is, that I am eternal, that there is a power and a life force within me that is always burning and that I am supported, that life is supported for it is the creation of the source, unending and eternal. And because that is my true nature as well, I know that that is in all things and all peoples, all places right now places that I do not see, that I may not know of. And I know the truth that the source is there, living, breathing, and expressing itself as creation, as life eternal in all places right now. And so today, as I awaken to a, a dimness in the sky, as a, a still blanket of silence lays over my home, and the doubts that arise or the fears that may tremble within me, are laid to rest by that presence, that life that is within me, speaking to me through that stillness. That I have lived through this before. When the blanket of snow in the winter comes and that still quiet in the outdoors softens. And that change and transformation are always happening around me and in my life and in the world. And that we are not strangers to this. And so I'm grateful for that presence of spirit within me, that voice that guides, that reminds and supports supports life through all transformation, all experience, 
I'm grateful for the simplicity and the support of each and everything that is transpiring for the availability of masks for people who are now meeting the outdoors with smoke and the ash from fire that this was also supported preconceived in that mind of creation. And I give great thanks knowing that life is supported, that all are supported. I'm grateful for this spirit and the truth of it, knowing all things, all things are present in that gift of life. And so I release this into the law, knowing it is the truth and it is revealed right here and now. And so it is. This whole month, we are looking at a talk topic, a series of talks on facing the fear facing the fear, which is a good thing to do. And in a way, it's a, it's a study of faith. It's a study of faith. We started talking about that last Sunday. Today, we're looking at the idea of skepticism, doubt, and faith. You normally don't hear those put together. But skepticism, doubt, and faith. And by faith, faith is a, a, it's a mental faculty. It's just a, a, a faculty of our mind. And it's not at, at all necessarily about religion. It's faith. You know, I have faith that, you know, I can cross the street, you know, or whatever. I have faith. And so it's, it's the more we're talking about the mental faculty. And it can be used in the spiritual. And that's probably the highest use of it. Um, but it's not just that. I have faith that when I turn on the lights, the lights are going to come on. I flip a switch. There are, but we have skepticism and doubt. Anybody besides me ever have a little skepticism and doubt just creep slightly into there? Yeah, okay. And there are ways that we can face the skepticism and the doubt. And, and really, it's skepticism and doubt is questioning, which can be healthy, asking questions. And the skepticism and doubt naturally also arises just from being in the world, just from being in the world. Every once in a while, we get, you know, we have an idea of what's going to happen and it doesn't. So one way to, to apply faith with that is to bull our way through it. I'm going to just will my way through it and power my way through it. And I'm not going to take any questions. I'm not going to, I'm going to have blind faith and I'm going to prove my faith without questioning, without anything, by making it happen. I'm going to make it happen. That takes a lot of effort. Anybody besides me ever try that? A lot of effort. And eventually, we meet something that our willpower isn't big enough to overcome. We hit a wall of some sort. 
That's one way of approaching skepticism and doubt and faith. Another way is that we can just give in to our skepticism and doubt and give up on something we really want but don't feel like we can have because of the voices of skepticism and doubt, which are often based on our old, old belief systems. And those old beliefs, that voice of skepticism and doubt has convinced us that it's either impossible or too much trouble. And so we just, well, you know, I can't have that. I guess I can't ever have that. It's never going to work for me. And the more we do this, the more it becomes a habit. And this is true for all three of these methods I'm going to talk about. The more we do any one of them, the more they become a habit. There's a third way that I would like to recommend. And that way is to let the voice of skepticism and doubt be heard. Listen to it and understand it as a healthy questioning that can reveal our underlying beliefs. We don't give in to it. But we say, sit down, tell me more. Tell me what it is that I need to know, what it is that you're trying to get my attention to pay attention to. Healthy Questioning can reveal our underlying beliefs as well as real concerns that need to be dealt with. Last week, we, we took on the process of asking our doubts, where did you come from? Who's your father? What's your origin, in other words? Where did you come from? And some of our doubts and our skepticism can alert us to questions we really do need to answer before we jump headfirst into something that we're going to do that maybe afterwards we say, maybe I should have paid attention to that little voice back there. Skepticism and doubt is usually based on fear, and some fears are good reminders and good protectors. You know, in, in, um, in many of the temples, the spiritual temples in, in Eastern religions, there are tigers and lions, fearsome tigers and lions sitting outside the temple, statues, I should say, of them, sitting outside the temple to remind the person walking in that the spiritual life takes attention, the same attention you would give if you were facing a tiger or a lion. It's to say, wake up, wake up. And so these fears can say, wake up, be alert as you go into this. You know, I'm watching the Tour de France. I was watching a, a couple of guys going down hills, down some really twisty, windy hills, doing 45 miles an hour on their bikes. I've done that, by the way. And you, you don't want to be sitting there thinking about what am I going to have for lunch today as you're doing that. You want to be full on alert. You know, and that's what, that's what our fear and, and, and some of these are reminders of. You know, the other day I was watching, I saw a guy uh, on TV who was walking across a tightrope from uh, one building to another that was suspended uh, 100 feet in the air, and it was a long uh, distance. If you were to ask me to do that, I would have feel fear-based skepticism and doubt. And I would say no, by the way. I would let that run me. More realistically and more like what we face in life, personal example. If you told me that I would get married again and it would be a wonderful rest of my life relationship, I would definitely experience skepticism and doubt. Which could be an educational thread for me to follow to learn about my underlying beliefs in that area. When we start to face our fears, we gain freedom. When we start to face our fears, they no longer hold us. We gain freedom and we make choices based on clarity 
rather than on past fear and past experiences. You know, yesterday I was, I was driving into town and I had the experience of, I, I turned off of uh, East Side and headed down uh, Union towards Plum Street. And the light was green down at Plum Street. And, and, and for those of you who don't know Union, uh, that, that's a distance of about two long blocks. And I remember thinking, I doubt that I'm going to make that green light. And I had that, uh, that thought based on the amount of traffic that I could see that had already come through the light and much experience with that light and how long it lasts and all like that. And sure enough, I didn't make it. That was it. I just, I'm, I'm still stuck there. No, I didn't make that light. But as I sat at the red light, I realized I was aware that although I doubted that I would make that particular green light, I had no doubt that I would eventually make it through that intersection and get to the destination that I was aiming for, which was Olympia Seafood. And this brings up the awareness of being clear on what we really want. We may have doubts about a specific method, a specific thing about that, but if we're clear, if we identify what that specific thing represents to us and what is our specific desire, what is our real overall desire, we we find deep faith that we will get that. We find deep faith that we will get that. If we take my previous example about marriage, what that rest of my life marriage means to me, if I understand the meaning of it, is happiness and feeling loved, a sense of being happy and feeling loved. And the truth is, I can and in fact I do feel happy and loved without this thing called marriage. Now, I'm not putting marriage down. I know some of you are very happily married for a long time. For me, that hasn't been my experience, but I, it, doesn't, it doesn't hold me back from feeling happy and loved. I just don't have to use that particular vehicle to do so. And just like I had faith that I would get through that intersection, I have faith that I can be happy and loved whether or not I'm in a relationship and married. So it's important to understand what is it that I really, 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 really want. Our faith becomes strengthened when we can answer the doubts, because when we face these fears, when we face these doubts, when we face this skepticism within us and can listen to it and talk to it and move past it, our faith becomes much clearer. Because what we truly want becomes clarified and we understand that spirit, that infinite presence, this infinite life flowing through and as us naturally manifests its own nature of good. And if we will let go of attachment to how that good is supposed to look, which is very oftentimes hard. This is what, what the Buddha said, you know, the first, the first of the Four Noble Truths is life is difficult or life is suffering. The second one is, and our attachment makes it so. And the third and fourth is that there's a way out and this is the way. Our skepticism and doubts can bring to light our fears and past hurts for the purpose of healing and release, for the purpose of letting them go, for the purpose of looking deeper and saying, what is it that I've really been wanting by going after this? Rather than being like the fly that keeps banging its head against the same window over and over again when there is an open door right next to it, we take a step back and begin to see the larger perspective, begin to see the open door right here.
And as we free ourselves from those past fears and those doubts and those experiences and the skepticism and all that, we become, we become the person for whom it's natural to have and express what we really, really do want. Because what we really want usually is some aspect of this life energy, this God quality. We want love. We want peace. We want joy. We want health, wholeness. We want wisdom. And we can become the kind of person that that expresses through. You know, Jesus said that if we go to the temple and we were standing at the altar to give our gifts and we remember that we have a disagreement with our brother, we need to go heal that disagreement before we just leave the gift sitting there on the altar and go heal the disagreement before we present our gift to the, in the temple, in the altar of the temple. The altar of the temple is our sacred space. It's our inner soul, our, our inner place of sacred connection with the divine. Before we can connect with spirit and do an effective treatment, we must be at peace with old hurts and past beliefs on the subject that we're going to treat on. Skepticism and doubt have no place in effective treatment. So we listen to it in advance to clear it out, to clear the air, so to speak, so we can be in clear connection with spirit. You know, one of my favorite Ernest Holmes quotes is, uh, he says, many people correctly begin their treatment in this manner. I know that the principle, of, the principle of intelligence within me will guide me and direct me, et cetera, and so on. And he says, then they complete it with the thought, well, I certainly hope so. He says, this is entirely forgetting any definite statement and is simply wondering if possibly some good will come along. It's important for us to, when we are in that state of doing a treatment, when we are in that state of, of creating, of allowing the creative juice, the creative energy, that spark of creation to flow through us, it is important for us to be a clear space so that they can do it, clear of all the doubt and the skepticism. So we listen to the skepticism and doubt so that we can clear away any fog in our mind and stand in faith in the power of the truth, the capital T truth that flows through and from us. And it is always trying to flow through and from us. We just can muck it up sometimes and, and cloud it up and misdirect it. But if we stand in faith, if we're clear, it flows through us and it is not stopped by circumstance. Any circumstance. One of my other favorite earnestisms is God plus one equals a majority. When I'm in alignment, when I'm truly in alignment with that spirit, with that truth within me, that life energy within me, it is greater than all their circumstances. So this week, I invite you to pay attention to your thoughts. First, three practices we're going to do. I, I'm, I'm wearing the number three, so we remember the three practices. Okay. One, pay attention to your thoughts. Pay attention to your doubts and your skepticisms. And ask, again, where do they come from? Where do you come from? And what is the belief that you're trying to show me? What is the belief? What is it that I'm supposed to see here and know here? And then... After you've done that, the second practice is as you reveal your fears and your doubts, ask, what do I really want here? 
What is it that's really trying to come through? And see, what, see that the real desire is an aspect of this divine nature that I am, you are one of, and allow that to come through. And that's after the third practice, after clearing your doubts, after listening to them, after understanding them, after seeing what it is that we really want, contemplate. Contemplate that aspect of your own nature. If what you really want is love, contemplate love. What you want is freedom, contemplate freedom. If what you want is clarity, contemplate clarity. And then let it express in your life. So those are the three, three spiritual practices. Are we good with that this week? We're going to pay attention to our thoughts and ask them where they come from, where the doubts and skepticisms come from. As we find that out, we're going to ask, what is it that I really want here? And after clearing all that away, we're going to focus on contemplate that divine aspect of our nature. Yes? Good. I'm going to close the quote, and then we'll do our affirmation, and then we'll have some more fabulous, but I think not fire-related music. (laughs) Ernest Holmes, in order to have faith, we must have a conviction that all is well. In order to keep faith, we must allow nothing to enter our thought which will weaken this conviction. Faith is built up from belief, acceptance, and trust. We must not be lukewarm in our conviction. We must know that we know. We must know that we know. It is this one. This is when we've cleared away all that junk. We know that we know. Beauty. This one joy. We are to demonstrate that spiritual thought force has power over all material resistance, over all apparent material resistance, through and as. And this cannot be done unless we have an abounding our planet, but all the planets, not just our sun, but all the stars, all the galaxies, all the universes. This infinite life energy. We keep is we clear our mind of all the, the other stuff. And we, because that is all that there is, are within that. We are one of it. Every detail, every aspect of our life is one of this infinite life energy. And so I speak my word that we do join me in this affirmation. The intersection of a place where peace and love and grace is a presence. And and we do choose to allow that to shine out. That nurtures and supports me in ways I cannot even imagine that we are this nature just that one more time to just anchor it in that although we I listen to in the faith our doubts and our skepticism we learn what we need to learn from them we then let I them go know. there's a wonderful the zen saying that the the fisherman creates the net imagine. and catches the fish but once he's got the fish he discards the net and so skepticism and doubt may be the net that we use to catch the fish but we take that fish of life, we take that fish of good, we take that fish of love, we take that, that essence of who and what we truly want to be and who we truly are, and allow that to be our prize, allow that to be our expression. And so in gratitude for our willingness to be God in form, right here, even in the midst of all this stuff, our, great, our willingness to stay and know truth and speak truth and create a world and a life that expresses that truth to live as love in a world of love i'm grateful for each of us who have taken on this process this task 
and have said yes. And so I release this word into a law that moves and expresses it into form here on this human level. It is the nature of the universe to be that love, that infinite love. That is the nature of the universe. And it is our nature, and we let it be. And so it is.